I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby. Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again. And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4AltaCalifornia.com. That's 4AltaCalifornia.com for a non-addictive, pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4AltaCalifornia.com. Join us every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, bringing you the best of San Francisco's underground comedy scene here every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. It's only $2. You can bring your own beer and listen to comedy here every Friday, 8 to 10 p.m., 21st in Florida. It's mutinyradio.fm. The House of Pride radio show, LGBT radio for everyone. Funky interviews, funky beats, talking drag queens, and much, much more. It's LGBT radio for everyone. Listen live every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio, LGBT radio for everyone. Celebrating the considerable contributions of the LGBT community in San Francisco and beyond. Every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Listen here for hot new local beats by LGBT artists and listen to live interviews. Tune in. Turn on every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m., House of Pride Radio with drag queen personalities, Tweeka Turner and Pearl T. Are you sick of reading the news? Do you even bother to read the news anymore? Do you need someone to read it to you because it's just so disgusting and depressing? If so, then the Weekly Review is the show for you. Join Roman Reimer as Roman reads the news, whether it be LGBTQ issues, cannabis legalization, prison abolition, police brutality, or many other issues that sometimes the media just doesn't feel the need to cover. Listen in, Fridays at noon, Mutiny Radio. Roman's also joined by activists, community organizers, artists, and many other great folks working to make the world a better place. Have no fear. The news is here. And if you feel like yelling about it, well then Roman will be yelling with you. The Weekly Review, Fridays at noon on Mutiny Radio. Hello, comrades. This is your comrade, Zach Wiseman, host of government-sponsored program, Communist Folding Chairs, mandated by the Kremlin to occur every Monday, 2 to 4 p.m., broadcast by our comrades at mutinyradio.fm. Sit, relax, listen to my comrades in stand-up comrade march honorably through their cold balance sets, and other comrades make fun of them. Because in Mother Russia, if you can't laugh about starving for turn-up and beat, and attention, 
You are a capitalist pig, and the KB KGB will visit you shortly. Every Monday, 2 through 4 p.m. Invest in the future of your community, MutinyRadio.fm and the Boys and Girls Club Mission Clubhouse needs your help. Please donate to keep the Radio Clash Show Institute right now alive on the air every Thursday from 4.50 to 5.50 p.m. Donations are tax deductible. Donate online at www.MutinyRadio.fm or just stop by the station at 21st Street and Florida. That's 2781 21st Street and throw some cash in the big glass jar. Stop by to experience live audience friendly shows every day of the week and know that you're supporting the future of the mission by keeping free speech alive for all ages. This PSA is brought to you by your friends and community partners at MutinyRadio.fm. Hi, I'm Chuck Weiss. If you're an old baby boomer like me, pain is probably something you've learned to live with by now. Yes, there are drugs on the market that help, but they come with side effects and shouldn't be used for extended periods of time. But fortunately, there is an effective natural pain reliever available in this state, medical cannabis. Let me tell you about Alta California Botanicals. They're a manufacturer of fine cannabis tinctures. Now you can take your medication in liquid form, much more discreet than pulling out a pipe and lighting up. Alta California Botanicals offers five different formulations, each one addressing a specific medical concern. There are two that are designed for pain, one to be swallowed, of course, and a new one for external use only. I'm going to have to try that one myself on my arthritic fingers. There's a tincture for stress and one for anxiety. They'll certainly keep you mellow. And there's even one for people who suffer from MS. The cannabis tinctures from Alta California Botanicals come in one half ounce bottles. Each batch is laboratory tested and certified free of pesticides and mold. In other words, completely natural and unadulterated. Alta California Botanicals doesn't sell directly to the public, of course, but if you visit their website at Alta, A-L-T-A, CaliforniaBotanicals.com and enter your zip code, they'll give you a list of dispensaries near you that keep their tinctures in stock. Now here's a tip for the holiday season. Keep a couple of extra bottles of the stress formula handy. It'll help maintain your cool amongst all that shopping madness. I'm Chuck Weiss for AltaCaliforniaBotanicals.com. Do you have a great idea for a product or service but don't know where to start? Are you looking to expand your current business? Women's Initiative of San Francisco began its business management training program for low-income, high-potential women in 1988. To attend a free orientation on how you can achieve your dream of starting your own business, or for more information, please contact 415-641-3460 or visit womensinitiative.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Planned Parenthood is a trusted healthcare provider, an informed educator, a passionate advocate, and a global partner helping similar organizations around the world. 
Planned Parenthood delivers vital reproductive health care, sex education, and information to millions of women, men, and young people worldwide. For nearly 100 years, Planned Parenthood has promoted a common-sense approach to women's health and well-being based on respect for each individual's rights to make informed, independent decisions about health, sex, and family planning. Please visit PlannedParenthood.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. The Berkeley Free Clinic was founded in 1969 as a street medicine clinic, but quickly found a permanent home in the Berkeley community. It has become an icon in the area and has served countless thousands in a variety of ways during its 45-year history. Fees have never been charged for any services, materials, medications, or supplies provided at the Berkeley Free Clinic. Income has been generated solely via individual or organizational donations and government programs. To volunteer your time or to make a donation or for more information, visit berkeleyfreeclinic.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Round of applause for me real quick. My name's Amy Fairweiss. I was born in Berkeley, raised in San Jose. Both my parents are, uh, you know, were raised in poverty, but they got great jobs working in unions, and I was the first generation of my family to go to college. And really, my focus isn't on upward mobility, it's on impact ability, because I wanna have impact on the system. And I think that, you know, the American dream thus far has been poised as, you know, how to succeed in the system, and, you know, my great-grandparents came here on one side from persecution from Hungary because they were Jewish and they moved to the United States and so they were just trying to survive the system. Um, my grandparents and my parents were trying to succeed in the system and then I have the ability through the critical thinking skills that I learned in college to be able to impact the system with the values that we have and I went to UC Santa Cruz as was mentioned and while I was there it wasn't 
wasn't enough for me to learn about race, class, and gender theory, which I really enjoyed, but I wanted to put it into action right away, and this gives you a sense of who I am. I did three independent studies while I was at UC Santa Cruz and won college commendations for them, one working at Planned Parenthood, doing outreach and education internship, one uh, starting a media literacy program at the Boys and Girls Club, and one working with uh, low-income parents and trying to figure out how we can support uh, preschool affordability for uh, low-income families. And then uh, I did a lot of work in social service and direct service, education, research, public speaking. I moved to San Francisco in 2007 working in a company um, that was focused on sustainability strategy, and I almost didn't take the job when I found out we'd be working with Walmart employees and executives around sustainability. I didn't want to be part of a greenwashing effort, but we actually had huge impact talking about the triple bottom line to employees, which is people, planet, and equitable profit. And then- Hello and welcome to Women's Magazine. I'm Global Val. Thanks for listening to mutinyradio.fm, broadcasting here uh, uh, today live uh, from the Mission District of San Francisco at Mutiny Radio 21st in Florida. Today is October 16th. Um, so the voice you heard, just heard uh, getting getting warmed up there was the voice of Amy Farrell Weiss. She is a candidate for mayor of San Francisco. She's been, she was really uh, pounding the pavement um, in so many ways and really reaching out and really reaching a lot of people who see the current administration um, headed by Mayor Ed Lee as one who uh, capitulates to uh, moneyed interests. Of course, you know, it's under the guise of interest for the city and having funds to be able to do things around uh, San Francisco and balance the budget and things like that. But of course, the reality is that in the past few years, we've seen an, Im an immense um, exodus of people from San Francisco, and not because they wanted to leave, but because they've been um, basically priced out or kicked out. So we have a real big housing crisis now because the market rate to live uh, and rent in San Francisco is astronomical at this point, um, and it's really pushing out a lot of our middle class, you know, full time, even city employees um, of the city and county of San Francisco who are uh, not able to afford to live in this city anymore. I myself am a fifth generation San Franciscan, and I know a bit about the history of this this fair city, this small city. Um, and you know, San Francisco's always been a boom town, right? I mean, it grew up on, on the gold rush um, with people coming in and building up and, and seeking their fortunes. And you know what? That's still happening here, and that's definitely a uh, an American capitalist mindset. I'm not going to try to villainize uh, people for coming here, but at the same time, when we see that it's not just people coming and um, helping the city to grow, but it's also kind of pushing people out who don't want to leave. You know, they've been uh, here for a long time, uh, renting, working being part of the communities that they're, that they're in. And, uh, you know, when a, when a landlord who is in business, I mean, that's what it is, real estate and, and uh, renting is a business. So when these landlords see an opportunity to make three, four times as much money by people who have, have come in with a lot more money, maybe they're working down in Silicon Valley and taking the Google bus or uh, different buses that 
that uh, roam the streets and block our muni bus stops um, and then take them to work in Silicon Valley. Well, I mean, as a landlord, as a business person, you're going to say, you know what? I would like to make $4,000 a month off of this 1.5-bedroom uh, apartment that I have here. Um, so, you know, maybe my tenant has been there for a long time, uh, but I don't really care anymore. So, I mean, this the it's a very complicated uh, situation, scenario. Of course, uh, we, we, we want to uh, make this an inclusive city, um, but... And, and to do so, we also need to make sure that we're planning for um, a future of sustainable growth. And that's that's kind of my own two cents. You know, I see San Francisco as a small city, it's seven by seven miles, 49 square mile city. We're right here on the little peninsula here of the San Francisco Bay, the great San Francisco Bay, the mouth of the Pacific Ocean. Of course, we want to be here. People want to be here. Um, but we also have to look at the bigger picture. We have to look regionally. We have to look globally as well. But specifically regionally here in, in California, um, we've been suffering from a, an ongoing drought. And when cities are, are being condensed and more and more housing is going up and more and more people are going in to these uh, smaller spaces being the, the, you know, the parameters of the city of San Francisco, um, that is a big impact on, on our environment. And it's a big uh, resource. Um, it's, it, it's a question of resources. You know, are, is California going to have the water to sustain the people in California? Is it, it, are we going to have enough water to sustain a growing population, which of course is growing everywhere um, around the world, but certainly uh, around the state and here in San Francisco, uh, with a lot more people moving in and a lot more development happening and giant high-rise towers going up. And, um, you know, when you, have, when you have a water problem, when you have a, a, an X factor, we could say, of are we going to have enough water? Water is life. Water is public health, um, individual health, public health. And uh, what about when you get, you know, go down, go down the line there, you know, go downstream. You know, it's one step from water to sewage, you know. And I, I really think about uh, the environmental impact, the social health impact of building up and continuing to build up and up and up and up and up in this very pretty small area of uh, California, you know, here on our fault lines and everything. I always get a kick out of, and it's not really, I, I don't really laugh, you know, wholeheartedly, but kind of one of those like, you know, like sick laughs where you're like, oh my God, I just have to laugh or I'm going to cry. Um, when I see like all those giant high rise towers being built right next to the Bay Bridge. And to me, you know, being that San Francisco, downtown San Francisco, everything east of Montgomery Street is built on landfill. It's, it's, it was the bay at one point and got filled in with land um, and suffered crazy damage during the 1989 earthquake. That's when the Embarcadero Freeway that went down, that used to be right there along the Embarcadero, uh, sandwiched collapsed uh, one on top of it, you know, on top of itself um, and subsequently had to be torn down. And I know that we've made a, you know, a lot of developments, a lot of progress has been made in terms of retrofitting and, and making buildings earthquake safe. But there's just something about these gigantic, uh, you know, thousand foot or more towers that 
are just hanging out right there next to the bay, next to the Bay Bridge, that definitely concern me. I feel like it's a safety issue. I don't have a fear of heights or anything, but I don't, I don't think I'd want to be on, in one of those buildings. Um, well, I definitely wouldn't want to be in one during an earthquake. So being that we're, we're here on Women's Magazine here at Mutiny Radio, uh, we're pumping out the love for San Francisco and California and the greater region and the greater world. Um, I'm going to replay part of the the forum that I hosted back on September 18th. So uh, we hosted the three three of the six mayoral candidates who are uh, on the ballot for November 3rd. And if you haven't registered to vote, uh, you can do. I think you can go to ca.gov and register to vote. But the last day to register to vote is. October 19th. So today is the 16th. So you only have three more days to do it if you haven't done so already. Um, it's pretty simple. Fill out a form with your address and you register to vote. And you can vote at your local polling place. You can go down to City Hall and vote uh, downstairs in the, in the, it, it'd be easy to find. You just walk right into City Hall and, and they'll, they'll show you the way down to the vo- to the polls. You can vote early. Um, I'm not sure if you can still vote by mail, uh, but there are lots of ways to do it um, as long as you are you know, over 18 and an American citizen. You may vote. Um, even if you're not a citizen, there's definitely ways you can get involved, um, mostly by engaging in conversations about things that are important to you. And these could be conversations with friends, family. Um, of course, talking politics with coworkers is always a little bit taboo. Um, but peers, uh, people in in that you encounter, and uh, various various situations. Of course, San Francisco affords us lots of situations to encounter folks. So I want to play you a little bit from the first. San Francisco Mayoral Candidate Forum that was hosted here at Mutiny Radio on Women's Magazine on September 18th. And if you're looking for more uh, content of getting to know some of these candidates, also the podcast from that same day, uh, September 18th, The Weekly Review with Roman and Molly, which airs here on Mutiny Radio uh, before the show uh, from 12 to 2 on Fridays. Uh, Roman Reamer also interviewed the three candidates you're going to hear from and more of an in-conversation format. Uh, But the part of the show that you're going to be hearing next is the public forum that we hosted here where we had questions from the public. We had questions um, that had been written in ahead of time. And I hope you enjoy learning about the people who are running for mayor and uh, countering the current administration, who has been basically given uh, by by most media outlets a kind of a an unopposed green light. No, Ed Lee's running uh, unopposed, but actually, there's there's actually quite a movement uh, that's been coming up um, with the one two three to replace Ed Lee. So you're going to hear from Amy Farrell Weiss, Francisco Herrera, and broke-ass Stuart Shuffman. So enjoy, and I'll be back with you in a few minutes. Thanks for listening. I'm Global Val. 
I was born in Berkeley, raised in San Jose. Both my parents are, uh, you know, were raised in poverty, but they got great jobs working in unions, and I was the first generation of my family to go to college. And really, my focus isn't on upward mobility, it's on impact ability, because I want to have impact on the system. And I think that, you know, the American dream thus far has been poised as, you know, how to succeed in the system. And, you know, my great grandparents came here on one side from persecution from Hungary because they were Jewish and they moved to the United States and so they were just trying to survive the system. Um, my grandparents and my parents were trying to succeed in the system and then I have the ability through the critical thinking skills that I learned in college to be able to impact the system with the values that we have. And I went to UC Santa Cruz as was mentioned and while I was there it wasn't enough for me to learn about race, class, and gender theory, which I really enjoyed, but I wanted to put it into action right away, and this gives you a sense of who I am. I did three independent studies while I was at UC Santa Cruz and one college commendations for them, one working at Planned Parenthood, doing outreach and education internship, one uh, starting a media literacy program at the Boys and Girls Club, and one working with uh, low-income parents and trying to figure out how we can support uh, preschool affordability for uh, low-income families. And then uh, I did a lot of work in social service and direct service, education, research, public speaking. I moved to San Francisco in 2007 working in a company um, that was focused on sustainability strategy and I almost didn't take the job when I found out we'd be working with Walmart employees and executives around sustainability. I didn't want to be part of a greenwashing effort but we actually had huge impact talking about the triple bottom line to employees which is people, planet, and equitable profit and then uh, went back to San Francisco State for a master's degree in organizational development. While I was there started a program to connect nonprofit students in the graduate program with support for community-based organizations. It's now being offered for the third time this fall, so I initiated that. And then started a nonprofit called Neighbors Developing Divisadero in 2011. That's how I got my start in local politics, because I was tired of just saying no and pushing back against development that was exclusive and profit-driven and displacing and part of gentrification. I wanted to say yes in my backyard to inclusive, culturally enriching and sustainable development, which I've devoted my life to over the last four years. Thank you, Amy White. Francisco. Okay, well, my name is Francisco Herrera. I've um, lived in, here in San Francisco almost about 30 years, raised my kids actually one block from here. Uh, unfortunately, I also seen a lot of our community kids die in these blocks for because of lack of responsibility of of uh, our city government and uh, and the lack of appropriate funding. Uh, in that process of working in the community with parents in schools, with day laborers, with cooperatives uh, of women engaging themselves. Uh, we've actually been very successful in creating programs that have been funded in the past, some that are funded now. I'm, I'm specifically thinking of a couple of years in the early 2000 where we were actually able to eliminate uh, shootings for almost two years due to 
appropriate funding and correct development work where we were able to fund programs that were di directly assisting youth through after-school programs, through midnight basketball, through a real alternatives program van that went straight out to points of uh, violence. And, and so that these experiences have really taught me the, that the point of government really is citizen participation and really is to create a base of citizen participation. So along with the campaign of running and I call it walking for mayor instead of running mm -hmm. and, and very specifically for the reason that when you walk you actually feel with people, you actually smell, you actually sense the aromas, the relations are real. Um, and and you create human connection and, and collaboration uh, as opposed to running like a chicken with your head cut off, which is what happens when investors take over City Hall, uh, as we're seeing today. And so this campaign to, to walk for mayor of San Francisco is based on creating the points of in common, like Diamond Dave says, pointing the, finding the points in common that have to do with affordability, with affording not just the rent, but healthy, access to healthy food, access to quality education, access to good health, and creating health through the, culture, through the arts and culture, through a living wage, through benefits, through right. making labor, and workers have the right to organize to, to really negotiate for good wages and those kinds of issues that we the communities are very interested in as opposed to what investors are here to do which is basically make a buck right and so this is the the gist of our campaign I'm originally from the border to two hours east of San Diego Calexico a compound word Cal for California Mexico for Mexico and on the Mexican side is Mexicali which is the capital city of Baja California a city of a million and a half to almost two million people and so I'm here to work so that the wisdom of our communities come to City Hall and we can build a city together all right. Thank you. Gracias, gracias. Thank you, Francisco Herrera. And now, Stuart Shuffman. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Stuart Shuffman. I go by Broke Ass Stuart. Uh, I've done a lot of things and been a lot of different people. Um, I'm an entertainer, I guess, at heart. I'm a, I've been a travel writer for a decade. Kind of paid to travel around the world and write about it. Um, I'm a TV host. I've did that for a while. Um, and I'm now a candidate for mayor, and it all kind of builds to this point. Um, part of what I am really, amongst all those things, is I am a people person. I understand people in a way that I don't can't even describe because I, I just, it's a sixth sense, I read people in a way that um, give me a certain amount of access to the city where I walk into a place and I know the busboy, but I also know the owner and the guy who invested in the place. <laughs> and so through that, I understand what San Franciscans are and, and what they want and who they are because I know all, all aspects of it. Uh, I also grew up on the border and I also went to Santa Cruz. Uh, so I'm, I'm a Californian, um, slowly make my way up the coast, I guess. Uh, in Santa Cruz, I learned a lot, you know, like critical theory, like Amy was talking about, and uh, it kind of um, pushed me in the direction of thinking towards uh, collectivism and um, rethinking what it means to be an American and, and what the fuck we do with our money as a, as a country. 
And, um, you know, I think we're starting to see with uh, naturally, like with what's going on with Bernie and things we're doing locally, hopefully a watershed moment where we can really reshape the conversation of, of what it means to redistribute wealth. People are afraid of that, those words, and I think they think that we're just going to take their money and give it to nobody. But I really think that we should build an entire different system where the wealth is distributed like this as opposed to like this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's it. Well, and they actually have been redistributed wealth, right? Upwards. <laughs> it's called wage theft. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Stuart. Um, so when I in originally invited the three of you down here, I said, let's, because I know that many of you have asked Ed Lee to debate. Um, but So when I asked, since, since he's been kind of quiet on that front, uh, and I asked the three of you to come down, I said, let's, let's, have, let's have a candidate debate. And you said, we don't want to debate. We want to we talk, we want to work together. Thanks, Dave. Um, so um, one of the reasons why the three of you are here today is to talk about this kind of coalition that you've formed. So we're going to talk a little bit about ranked choice voting. So in San Francisco, we have ranked choice voting for certain, uh, certain city offices, including mayor. Um, in the last election, however, it was not employed. Um, so basically, with ranked choice voting, it means that when you vote, your ballot will have three identical columns with all the names of the candidates in them. And you can mark your first, second, or third choice. Um, you don't have to vote for all three, but it can affect the power of your vote. So here's how it works. When the votes are counted, they count all the first choice votes. If one candidate has a majority of the vote, which is over 50%, that person is declared the winner. If no one has a majority of first choice votes, the, sec the person with the lowest number of first choice votes is eliminated. However, those ballots are counted again, this time counting the second choice votes and adding them to the total. So this process continues until one candidate has a majority uh, or everyone else has been eliminated. So basically, it's uh, essentially the system is to try to avoid costly and time-consuming uh, runoff elections by automatically giving the voters alternative choices on one ballot. Um, so basically, if, if you try to vote for the same person twice, it'll only be counted once. Your second choice only counts if your first choice gets eliminated, and your third choice only counts if your second choice gets eliminated. A bit complex, <laughs> but we're all, we're all trying to figure out, we're all trying to understand this a little bit better. So I want to put this to the candidates. Could you please explain how you're planning to use this political tool of ranked choice voting to unseat the incumbent mayor, Ed Lee? Yeah, just to simplify it, vote one, two, three to replace Ed Lee. Mm -hmm. You have three candidates that are people-powered that have aligned together. So whatever order of your choice, you can put Amy Francisco Stewart, you can put Francisco Stewart Amy, you can put Stewart Francisco Amy, whatever it is that you want, you can put three candidates on that ballot. And that means that we don't have to compete against each other. We can actually work together and align to get a people-powered person in office and all of us want to work together no matter what the outcome is in November even if Ed Lee does get reelected which we're going to do our best to stop uh, we want to work together for the future of the city but if one of the three of us get elected we will work together in some collaboration to be able to move the city forward yeah I think uh, yeah, yeah thanks. I think um, 
for, I think that it's very important that Ali does not get elected. And the, the, there's two things that I like about ranked choice voting. That's why I, I work personally, uh, and as, as so, like so many people did in the past, to make it the way to, that we vote here in San Francisco. One, it gives the electorate more power. It gives us more power to be able to vote in different for different candidates. And two, it allows us to knock off this empire thinking the emperor city hall already has enough enough power that is unchecked. And so I think it it is very important that at least not be elected. And and that's why this one, two, three campaign is very important. We're not doing this as a symbolic thing, like, okay, we don't care, we win. No, each of us is running our campaign in a way to win, but we're saying it's more important that we as a citizenry of San Francisco stop the runaway housing market that the Ed Lee administration, administration, because Newsom started it, uh, Willie, Willie, what, Mayor Willie Brown started it, really. He, and he said it plainly back then in the 90s. If you don't make $50,000 a year, you shouldn't live here. Is that right? Now it's 150000 Are you going to say that to a 50, 60-year-old uh, person who's lived here, 65, 85-year-old person? person who's lived in her building for 50 years and is on fixed income, gave her life here, working here. Sorry, Mrs. Jones, if you don't make 50000 if you don't make 150000 a year, you don't deserve to live here. Is that what you're going to say to a veteran who gives his life to live, to work, to create the city? So one, two, three is really important that we register and we vote in that, like, just like Amy said, no matter which way. But it is important that Ed Lee, the administration of Ed Lee, does not continue running havoc on our city. Um, you know, you've been listening to three of the candidates for mayor of San Francisco, Amy Farrowweiss, Francisco Herrera, and Stuart Sheffman. They were here on September 18th at Mutiny Radio on uh, Women's Magazine for a public forum. So uh, that was just a little excerpt, but of course, if you want to hear the rest of the show, you can go to mutinyradio.fm. That's M-U-T-I-N-Y radio.fm. And uh, right up top, we've got a really nice, uh, clear website right up top. You see on the menu of podcasts, and then scroll down to Friday's Women's Magazine. It's 2 to 3 p.m. and click on that and you'll find September 18th and uh, listen to what they have to say because as much as they like so many other non-political non-politicos um, non-politicians uh, are painted in in elections um, as you know fringe candidates or lunatics or um, yeah 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 okay whatever you're gonna say um, you know as much as as these other candidates are being kind of left out of the mainstream uh, conversation, uh, they are doing a lot in within their communities um, across and across the city of San Francisco. Um, and I think that even if they don't uh, succeed in unseating Ed Lee uh, on November third, I th I I have a feeling that you're going to see uh, a quite a large uh, outcome. Of, of votes for some of these alternative candidates. Um, and uh, I went to their debate 
was it last week, a week ago, uh, when the League of Women Voters hosted all six candidates, including the incumbent, incumbent Mayor Lee, um, for a another forum at the UCSF Mission Campus. Um, and so everybody got a chance to respond to different questions. It wasn't, again, a debate. They weren't, you know, arguing with each other, um, but they did get to uh, put forward their ideas. And from my perspective, I, I saw that both Amy and Francisco were very eloquent and on point uh, in their in their thoughtful responses and the ideas that they have. So, um, and Ed Lee was there as well, uh, you know, kind of just doing a politician thing and saying saying a few key phrases and, and not saying too much to rile anybody up. So, um, but that's just from my perspective uh, that as a, as a member of the citizen art audience there uh, that night. So if you also want to hear what all of the candidates had to say, uh, you should definitely check out the um, on YouTube. You can see the San Francisco mayoral uh, candidate forum uh, hosted by the Women League of Women's Voters. And that was on October 8th, I believe. So check that out. Uh, watch the video um, and get involved. And at the very least, get informed. So, coming up next, uh, next topic here on Women's Magazine. And again, thank you for listening to Women's Magazine. I'm Global Val, here every Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Um, but I'm also here, also here, I'm also here <laughs> in this other microphone. I'm also here on Fridays from 3 to 6 p.m. Uh, where we do the Common Thread Collective, an open door, open heart, open mind, open mic, community open mic with music, art, poetry, and activism. And so the next story I want to bring to everyone's attention today um, is from El Tecolote, the local paper published here in the Mission District of San Francisco, uh, celebrating 45 years of community journalism. And it's a bilingual newspaper. So every article that you, um, every article is written in Spanish and English. And as I was, uh, as I walked past a, a stack of El Tecolote newspapers today, I recognized the two young women on the cover, on the on above the fold, we'd say, and um, as uh, our sisters, Winsong and Sophia, and with uh, Los 43, uh, one year later, and and so um, what it's referring to, the 43 were the 43 students uh, in Mexico uh, who had had been protesting and disappeared. Um, so the two, the, two the two young ladies on the, on the cover of El Tegalote this week um, are part of a singing group called Trio Cambio, who have performed here many times on the Common Thread Collective. And they actually performed on July 31st and sang a song about these 43 disappeared uh, Mexican college students. Um, so I want to read you the article from El Tecolote. Um, this is from October, the October 8th to the 21st edition. Um, and Los 43, one year later. And then I'm going to play you the song that this, that the ladies who are on the cover um, sang here on Mutiny Radio back on the 31st of July. Here's El Tecolote uh, by, um, 
an article by Manuel uh, Obregozo. Orbegozo. A year after the dear disappearance of the 43 students of Ayotinapa's Raul Isidro Burgos Teachers College, San Francisco activists marched through the streets of Mission District to remember and to demand justice for the casualties of criminal violence in Mexico. The September 26th March for Justice and Indignation, initiated by the San Francisco State University and City College of San Francisco chapters of ME. CHA, uh, the Answer Coalition, and Mujeres Unidas Inactivas, among others, proceeded out of the 24th Street BART station where activists gathered to voice their discontent with the Mexican government for failing to clarify the truth about the whereabouts of the students. Quote, what happens in Mexico regarding repressions and social movements is a, is a daily bread, said Norma Garcia, psychotherapist, activist who is originally from Colima, Mexico. Quote, I've, I always believed and I always thought that the Mexican army took them, referring to the 43 students. Garcia explained that the demonstration was in solidarity with other struggles for justice that were being held in Mexico and around the world for the day of indignation and to raise general awareness and to call for action. How many more years will pass in Mexico for them to open their eyes, said Francisco Silva, an activist who claimed to have witnessed electoral fraud by ruling institu Institutional Revolutionary Party, the PRI, in previous elections. During the administration, activists took turns discussing the problems facing Mexican society and also addressed issues such as criminalization and violence against immigrants and the people of color in the United States. Quote, there are many similarities to the United States with police brutality and political repression in Mexico, Garcia said. After reading the 43 names of the missing students, demonstrators marched to the 16th Street BART Plaza where the band Trio Cambio performed its song, We Are 43, concluding the demonstration. So I'm going to play that song for you in just a moment. The night of the Ayotzinapa, September 26, 2014, marked a dark milestone in Mexico's history. That night, five buses carrying about 100 students from Ayotzinapa to Mexico City for a protest against the mayor of Iguala, uh, Jose Luis Abarca, were intercepted by state police in Iguala on Abarca's orders. During a violent quarrel, three students and three pedestrians were killed. There were 57 students who were allegedly taken into police custody. 14, 14 found in the coming days and 43 were missing. According to the Mexican government's version of events, the 43 students were handed over to the Guerrero Unidas cartel, who executed and burned them in a mass grave in Cocula. Soon after, Abarca was arrested with his wife, Maria de los Angeles Pineda, on charges of murder and organized crime. Also captured was Gildargo Lopez Estudillo, boss of the Guerrero Unidas cartel, who claimed he sent orders to, quote, burn the students. So far, only the confirmed remains of students Alexander Mora Venacio and Josivani Guerrero de la Cruz have been found. Also, 60 other mass graves not related to the case were also found.
The Mexican government's investigation and its version of the events have been denounced by the students' families and by Inter-American Commission on Human Rights as being full of inconsistencies. Despite political instability and high rates of violence in, this, in, in his country, Mexican President Enrique Peña Nieto attended the United Nations General Assembly on September 28th, where he highlighted his government's commitment to human rights and peace. Quote, they don't say if they're dead or not. Pure deceit, said Ana Nunez, a merchant from Honduras who saw the demonstration pass in front of her, uh, in front of her gift shop in the mission the one that happened here in, in the Mission District, the protest there. Quote, I, pref I prefer a dead son in his grave so I could mourn him. So, Trio Cambio out there on the streets uh, singing their song, and they were here at Mutiny Radio on July 31st as on the Common Thread Collective, also singing their song, uh, Somos 43, in remembrance of the 43 students whose remains have not been located. Uh, with Rob and uh, Rob and uh, brother and Bloodflower. Okay, well take it away. Take it away. Give us one more song. This okay. next one is called Somos 43. Um, this song is written for the 43 students of Ayotzinapa that uh, were disappeared. Um, Donde están? Todavía preguntamos. And so this song is dedicated um, en solaridad con los 43 desaparecidos y con México desde San Francisco. And this is a Sofia Elias original. are 43. We don't stop looking for them. Our children, our brothers. Where are they, we ask. We have to find them. Our children, our brothers, the disappeared. We wait for them to come back. We wait for them to hear us. Our cry that we want justice. 43 and counting, we never forget. Our children, our brothers, the disappeared. Who is responsible for destroying families? Who is responsible for stealing their lives? Who is going to give us answers? But where the disappeared are, we are 43. Somos 43.
Cambio. You guys are so beautiful. And that was Trio Cambio singing Somos 43. We are the 43. We are the 43 disappeared students from Mexico who were murdered. The 43 who haven't been found. The 41 who haven't been, uh, re whose remains haven't been located. Um, so pick up, thank you, uh, El Tecolote here in San Francisco for uh, your 45 years of community journalism. Uh, check it out. Pick it up at the newsstand. And on the, co on the cover, you'll see two members of Trio Cambio, uh, Sofia and Winsong, Somos 43. So sending our love around the world, around the country, to the loved ones, the families in Mexico, and everybody everywhere who has been inadvertently uh, and negatively affected by um, you know, the, the, the hatred of the state, the fear of those in power who feel the need to take, take people's lives as some sort of uh, act of uh, oppression and suppression. Um, but we can't hide the truth. And here from Mutiny Radio, we're happy to bring you the, as much as we can in terms of uh, not just information, but what, what, what we know and what we feel and uh, how we would like the world to be. And I don't think that's seeing the world through rose-colored glasses. I think it's just working towards something that we all know to be better and right so we can leave this planet better than we found it. So thank you for listening. I'm Global Val. I'd like to end with a poem and uh, a little bit of music from Jesse May Hemphill. Then stay tuned for the Common Thread Collective, which is coming up in just a few minutes here on MutinyRadio.fm. It is October 16th. Ancient knowledge is muddled, elusive, bred out by migration, by miscommunication, or by murder. Yet somewhere in us or with us, it resides. So how do we get that insight? Become that chicken in flight. I want to crack that code. I want to know why light attracts light. Again, thank you for listening. I'm Global Val. My website is globalval.blogspot.com. And I'm here in the Mission District of San Francisco every Friday here at Mutiny Radio. Come down and join us for the Common Thread Collective. And remember, just when your aspirations seem outrageous, that inspiration is contagious. Peace and thank you. Lots of love.